What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. As always, each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need. If you are in need of a new skateboard or some apparel, we have you covered. Please check out allineedskate.com. We have tons of All I Need skateboards and apparel up there. We also have six to seven different world industry decks up there. We have our brand new brand, which is Spare Skateboards, from the minds of myself and Nick Barth. We have three different spare decks up there right now to check out. Uh, And again, that is all available at allineedskate.com. Our guest today is Chris Ruland from We Communiscate. Chris teaches English lessons using skateboarding. Um, This is my first time meeting Chris. He is the man and he's doing awesome stuff. I grew up in a very tiny country in Belgium. Uh, just above Luxembourg, between France, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands, really small. And I actually moved uh, and went to live in the UK, and now I'm in the States, in Connecticut. Where, you're in Connecticut? I am, yeah, yeah. Nice. You're not I'm married f- to... Sorry. No, you're not too far from me. I'm in Massachusetts. I know, I know. We're neighbors. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah, so what was it like growing up there, man? Where did you spend most of your time? Where and what? Where did you find skateboarding? Did you find it over in Europe? So I'm trying. I'm just trying to. Sorry for my lack of concentration. I'm try, just trying to get a white square out of the uh, out of the out of the um, recording here. The uh, the zoom. I can't see you, Anthony. That's why I have. Uh, I seem. I look very distracted because there's a whole white banner here. Oh, I've that's minimized crazy. it. I'm sorry. You can edit this, can't you? I'm sorry about this. Oh yeah, no worries. Was it like a pop okay. ad? <laughs> okay. Should I do that again? No, you're fine. So I discovered skateboarding that would be around 1989. I was a roller skater in the beginning. And um, just, um, I think it was, you could call it the second rebirth of skating that, you know, there'd been several waves in skating. I think technically, you can correct me on this. I think technically this is the fourth wave of skating or? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I never really, I know it's I think... gotta be, yeah. Yeah, I think the historians of skating say that, you know, that the, there was the first one in the 70s, the 80s. So I started at the, uh, yeah, just at the tail end of the um, of the whole, uh, you know, the glory days of the, the vert skaters and uh, Alvaro and all that. And uh, just when street skating was ta- um, starting off again uh, with companies like H Street and uh, whatnot. So that would be 1989. Yeah, that's sick, man. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, you started a little earlier than me. I started pretty much in the 90s. Like, H Street was before me. I got in pretty much like X Games, a little, you know, stuff like that. Maple Skateboards was going on, 4 on 1 Video Magazine. Uh, yeah. All that I still stuff. Have the, I still have the 4 on 1. I think I, I bought the second, or, or it seems hard to imagine these days that you actually had to go to a skate shop and buy a, a VHS tape to have your skateboarding news. Oh yeah, that was a trip. That was definitely a trip waiting for those things to come out and then having to get the VHS or even the magazines, just waiting for the mags to come out to see what like the progression is. Yeah, it seems unfathomable nowadays, you know? Yeah, I, I think I, I remember sk- I don't. I don't even know if you could call it an industry. I think it was pre-industry. It was, uh, you know, you had a few companies going and it, it's not like now because you, you just mentioned the X Games, but I, I sort of... Um, I didn't see that skating. I sort of, um, I, I missed that whole part. I think, uh, 
I was just before, and um, I never somehow I never really got to know the X Games, but I know it, it led to bigger things. And uh, yeah, I I started it, skating in New Hampshire, uh, uh huh, in a real small town. So when I first got a skateboard, I didn't really know much about skate, like the skateboard industry, because on the East Coast, mm -hmm. it's still not even as big as it is out west, you know. Um, yeah, but I kind of like got into it, like you were saying, through the magazines and the videos, just waiting for them to come across the country and hit us with the skating culture, you know? Yeah, I don't think that back then there was a distribution in place as there is now. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, you said you got you were roller skating before that, like four wheels on each skate, not like roller yeah. Roller no, no, skate. no. Actual, yeah, actual eight wheels. You know, they they had these um big crypto wheels uh red wheels and uh i used to go to uh what they had what they called a, a roller disco if you've ever seen these uh you know you just went around in a circle and there was a f disco music and whatnot you just and there was a mini ramp there and a little skate shop and uh from one thing to another i just started to see more and more skateboarding and um i just figured from Looking at the way they were dressed, um, the, uh, the 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 gear they were using, I gradually understood that there was a lot more depth to it than roller skating. It, it had its own little culture, you know, the tricks, the uh, as I mentioned, the the, the clothes, the uh, and it just caught my attention. And gradually, I transitioned from one to another, from roller skating, which uh, essentially is, I thought was didn't have as much depth as skateboarding, you know, apart from going fast and jumping and, you know, there's not that many tricks you can really reasonably do. Yeah. I feel like, uh, people try, people try with the roller skates. I see them at the skate park. There's usually some girls that roll up and they're like pretty good on it and they're doing like some tricks and stuff, but it's definitely yeah. not, it's not skateboarding. That's for sure. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Starting skateboarding, I quickly learned there were so many, so many um variants that you could do you know you could grab your tail you could grab your board on the nose a stale fish a, a sad uh you could grab the tail you could do so many things but roller skating you know move forward you go i don't know what they call it but i don't know if they call it a fake key or you know you could put your feet like this put a feet like this and it was just a lot more limited so uh yeah. transition towards skateboarding yeah it's hard to compete when when you're like uh you don't you have to actually balance you're not strapped to the thing or holding on it's the same with like the scooters like i'm always like it can't compare to skating because in skating you actually have to let go of the handlebar and you got to fully be balanced and stay on that thing like you're fully engaged that way whereas mm -hmm. you're holding on you're stuck in one position same with those the roller skates and the roller blades it's like it's strapped to your feet so i mean you still got to mm. balance but you don't you can't you can't fall off of it really you know no no um there was someone in uh, in a very old skate magazine who, who compared the like three sports uh, i think they compared rollerblading um which we're not supposed to call rollerblading uh, <laughs> uh rollerblading skating and snowboarding and they said you know it takes hours to learn rollerblading uh, years to learn skateboarding and probably you know days or or weeks to, to learn snowboarding yeah just because yeah skateboarding you you just it, it's all about you have to do it all the time and if you fall it really does hurt and you have to really commit to skateboarding you know it uh better than i do <laughs> yeah yeah i i definitely love i definitely love skateboarding it's uh definitely holds your my attention because it's hard you know a lot of those mm -hmm. other ones there the learning curve isn't steep enough i feel mm -hmm. like I, I see that they kind of 
they kind of uh, have a hard time because uh, the kids all get to like 16 and they can all do backflips. And then it's like, what do we do next? It's like double backflips. And then it's like, okay, well, now you're at the top of the mountain and everyone can backflip. <laughs> Which <laughs> sports? Like rollerblading, skate, oh, uh, yes. scootering. Scootering's a funny one to me too because they do like the tail whips and they do like they do. One triple. And it's like, it's almost like the learning curve's not steep enough because every little kid can do it pretty easy and get fairly good real fast. You know, with 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 skating, at least it's it seems hard enough. Although it's, yeah. nowadays it's like the stuff people are doing, it blows my mind. You know, I'm like, wow, even little kids are just like pushing the boundaries of everything in skating they make it look almost like a video game now it's insane yeah it, it is yeah it, it really is funny um yeah skateboarding before i think there was a time in skateboarding when you bought your vhs tape and i remember the the power videos coming out and you had a reasonable chance of watching the video and going to try the tricks afterwards you know it was a manageable feat, you know, uh, trying a nollie flip. I remember seeing my first front foot impossible. It was Lance Conklin, I think, doing that in an old Powell video. It's okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go out and try an ollie impossible or something or a board slide. But now you watch a video, I think uh, you, you can't even try it. Yeah, a lot you of know, this stuff is insane, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the kids, indeed. I see them on Instagram all the time. I follow so many accounts and it, what, what the kids do. I mean, we're, we're talking about almost toddlers. Yeah. You know, doing, uh, yeah. Especially nowadays. I feel like just kind of going back to what you were talking about before is like when, when I was growing up and even more so when you were growing up, like we didn't see any of the progression or see it because we had to wait for those videos and magazines. And then once you got it, yeah. you could study it and you could be like, oh, that blew my mind. And it could lead you off in different uh, avenues with your progression in skating and you can incorporate what you saw and then you know mm -hmm. it's possible. Now it's like everyone's on their phone. There's more people than ever skating. People are consuming it. So it's probably um, – it's yeah. just easier to – not easier to learn, but you can – you got a lot more information to work off of, you know? Ah, that yeah, that might be it, because I because because I don't know really why people are so good these days. <laughs> I just know when I, I was young, know. I was young, I was really obsessed with it. So everything I saw, not only was I skating all the time, but anything I saw or like I was always talking to people, like I always wanted to know more about skateboarding, and that helped me progress. Like watching those videos and seeing it, it made it seem possible once you could see someone do it or under you know it helped you understand it a little bit. So I can only imagine yeah. if I grew up nowadays, I would just be like a a, a straight like dope dopamine line or something into my <laughs> arm where I was just like skateboarding on all day long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's, uh, yeah. It's like, I think, I, I suppose like skaters these days start skating switch dance from, from the first day onwards. Yeah. It, it, it's probably it's normal. Not, yeah. It's probably yeah. normal. Back in the day, it was definitely like, Oh, you got to work on regular and then maybe you'll get the mm. switch, you know? Now yeah, it's like yeah. probably switches right there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I yeah, teach yeah, yeah. I teach skateboard lessons a lot nowadays, oh. um, just to get people like rolling. Watch kids get like learn to roll and stuff. Um, and uh -huh. I, try, I try to get them to push switch pretty early, just so they can get comfortable with that, and it opens up so many different tricks. You know. Uh, I see. Yeah. And uh, do, do you feel that skateboarding is more inclusive these days than uh, if you compare it to the early nineties? Because I know that you you ride for World Industries and that. I think I don't think I think it's fair to say it's not the favorite era of skateboarding, and we're talking about ninety two, ninety five, and it was very as I say, a lot of cliques and a lot of you know. Uh, is it is it more inclusive these days? Is it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nowadays, I feel like it's just uh, it's sunk in the culture so much that mm -hmm. you see you could go to any random skate park anywhere and you'll see someone's grandfather rolling around and you'll also see a kid that's like five years old learning to skate, you know, like, yeah, it's all ages. I think it's just a testament to like, how much skateboarding actually helps people, you know, like, so many people care about it, and are willing to share it, that it's, it's open to everyone, because people understand like, oh, yeah, skateboarding helped me in life, helped me progress, helped me understand who I am and challenge me and all that stuff. So but but definitely like it, I'm sure in certain areas, it still probably has those clicks and all that stuff. But it's amazing how like, just in my lifetime, I've seen so many girls get into skating. Like, oh, I, yes. Yeah, it's amazing. Because I, I like, we definitely are all witnessing like, the progression of girls skateboarding, like watching styles progress yeah. and what's possible progress. When I was growing up, it was like a couple girls, Alyssa Steamer was like the only one in magazines, you know? Yes, if, and if I'm not mistaken, the other big name before her was a uh, Carabeth Burnside. Oh, that's right. Maybe alongside her, I think. Or, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, there was a few other ones too, like Jamie Ray's. She was out of New York City. Right. Yeah, there was like um, but it was so few and far between. And now it's like, it's unbelievable. I just see little girls everywhere just pushing it. You can see they have like the fire of, of like wanting to be good at skating and progress. And they got like little attitudes and stuff. And I, I fucking love it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's, it, it's really very nice because I've been um, in Connecticut. There's a local skate park that I've been going to. And it's a very, it's a very, there's no, what, what was the term? There's no, um, you know, there's no bad vibes. You know, you land a trick, everyone, everyone claps and everyone, uh, you know, pushes you to progress and are happy for you when you land a good trick. And uh, in the 90s, it wasn't always like that. You know, there was the term snaking. I don't even know if people still say snaking, but snaking wasn't, you know, not waiting your turn on the mini ramp, just snaking someone, you know, and, uh, you know, me first. And uh, <laughs> I think it's not like that. I love snaking people. <laughs> <laughs> you still do. I do it and I just call it out when I'm like, I'm snaking you. <laughs> and just as a, as a joke, kind of. <laughs> but yeah. Anyone says, hey, what? be nice. Wait your turn. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know. I'm like, I'm just kidding. You can have the ramp. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I can see that. Like, there's growing up, there's always like kids and people that I knew that were like, they cared so much about skateboarding that they thought like they were just like, it was their own little thing and they thought any other version of it was wrong or like, you know, oh, yes. I think that's a young thing. Like when you're young, you're like, this is my thing. This is how I do it. Like, I don't like that. It's easier to be so black and white, you know, but now it's insane because so many different types of people skate, like all colors, all ethnicities, all sexual preferences, every type, every type of person, you know, has found some value in skateboarding. So I think it's like harder to be so like, this is the only way to do it. You know, you kind of see that in hip hop too. I don't know if you're into rap and hip hop at all, but like, no, rap, not really. Yeah. Like growing up, like rap was kind of like that too. They would always just battle it out over their styles and be like, you're trash. Right. You know, they, they would be like, this is how it's done and yours is trash. And it would kind of like this competitive edge, you know, like they're just competing to see. But uh, I, nowadays, I think it's amazing, man. I think so many people are skating, and uh, it's definitely inclusive, like in the sense that everybody's there to have fun, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, how, yes. Um, so you got into skating, and um, 
Were your parents cool with that? No. <laughs> but parents back then weren't, were they? I mean, you know, they, if you see, it was a family shame. I mean, I have to say, my parents never watched this. But, uh, no, but that's the way it was back then. I mean, it, it wasn't for whatever reason, because we mentioned uh, Girl Skaters, which was interesting. Uh, uh, I remember seeing one or two pop up, you know, and I, I, I like to think that we were accepting, you know, because uh, it was, I can remember one or two girl skaters, but it was, it must have been, it was just very hard to get into, it wasn't, it was almost a statement, it was, you know, I'm a skater and uh, and therefore I have no friends and, <laughs> and you have problems with your, in school and it was, I said, yeah, I remember getting chased I, I lived in in very quiet suburbs where literally nothing ever happened. And uh, I remember the police chasing us on a Sunday and running, you know, a whole gang of us skateboarding, just running out of an empty parking lot in a supermarket. The only crime was rolling around, really. There was nothing to damage. There were no obstacles or anything. And that's just the the approach that people had for, for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. they. That's how it was here on the East Coast, too. Um, oh. There just wasn't enough people. Like if you went, maybe if you went down to like Florida or something, but definitely out west, the culture, like they've been out there for so long. People are surfing, skating. They were way more tolerant. But on the East Coast, it's uh, always like blue collar, like get a job mentality, you know, and you, you're dressed in baggy clothes, just like hanging out in fucking oh, alleyways, yes. playing with a piece of wooden wheels. It's hard for people to understand what you're actually doing. They think you're just fucking causing problems, you know? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. No, it was. Um, it, 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 you were into, it, you were into bad things. Essentially, you were a skateboarder. There was very little encouragement, but then again, there was no structure around it, so people didn't know really what it was about. You know, the, the clothes were strange. The, I think, uh, I think a lot of skaters also believe themselves to be very unique people. You know, you have to be fair also. Uh, and yes, this, I was, was thinking. You know, I was thinking about this recently. I think there was this uh, there was this core belief that uh, we talked about cliques a second ago, and I I, see, I, I still see this on social media on different um, you know whether, whether it's heavy metal, hip hop, or you know, um, and there was there was this tendency to fall into a dogma, and you know the dogma was. Uh, I think largely pushed by the very few avenues of information. Well, you know, namely the magazines, and uh, I don't know if it's fair to um, lay the. Uh, I'm tying this in with the girl skateboarders, but I, d I don't know if it's fair to uh, to, to blame uh, magazines such as Thrasher necessarily. But I remember they weren't always the most. There were a few sexist comments, as you know, in uh, Thrasher magazine in print. Um, oh. Do you remember Big Brother? <laughs> oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was if anyone's guilty. <laughs> Big Brother was. I mean, they were they smashed all the boundaries, but they let everything out. You know, the floodgates were open, and they were, they had some crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Was Big Brother rather good, or rather, how, how should we see Big Brother looking back? Big Brother was like the fuck it attitude. It was just like anything, mm. anything goes, you know. But they also were very like. They would just broadcast anything, you know, it was like, they okay, would. yeah, they would, if you, they'd have that one dude who's like, fuck girl skaters, and they'd have a whole interview with him or something, you know, and then yes. you would have the complete opposite, like, later on, you know, you just, they would do whatever, but if you just caught, like, one issue or one article, you could be, it could lead you astray, for sure. Oh, yeah, I, 
yeah, I don't know how they got away with it. There were things they did in that magazine that would cause them cause them serious trouble these days. Oh, dude! At one point, uh, I think they were owned by Larry Flint, who owned yeah. Hustler magazine, and uh, mm-hmm. there was one point where they mixed the magazines up, and like all these young skater kids got Hustler magazines <laughs> in the mail yeah. instead of skate mags, which is oh really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they ordered skate mags and then they mixed oh, them up no. on accident and mailed them all porno mags. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, I, I still remember that centerfold. I think the model was called Rosa, and she used to um, pose in a in a swimsuit for shorties. You know? Yeah, shorties as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I had I, that up I, in my room. Yeah, definitely. I remember. <laughs> I remember that. Like, I still, I did when I was young. I always thought like we were a little different. Like skateboards were different, and I think it. It's we were different in the sense that we were rebelling, you know, against the normal. Back when I grew up, it was kind of a rebellious thing for me. Nowadays, it's not so much. It's more mainstream now. Yeah, but that, that's my question. I mean, what was the perception? Um, I don't know. Was it uh, were, were we made to, to to be felt rebellious, or was it um, a reaction to uh, not being accepted, or? Uh... Um, I don't know. Was it was it that unique? Was it? Uh, I, I don't know. For for me personally, I would say it's just because I had a lot of anger issues and things going on, and I didn't really fit in in school and all things were structured and adults and stuff. I couldn't I couldn't deal with it when I was a younger kid, so I needed to yeah. work on something that I could work on myself without having too much structure and too many people tell me what to do. So. I kind of rebelled from like organized sports and all in school and stuff. Yeah. And just found a crew of people and something I could work on at my own pace. And like, oh, that's, yeah. that's what skating was for me. I'm sure it's different for all, all people, but for me, I was yeah. definitely like, I couldn't deal with like a lot of people in social situations. And that's all what organized sports was. It was like, you had to get in line. You had to listen to these people. Like there's a pecking order. Whereas in skating, it was like, no, we're all basically the same. What makes us equal is the effort you put into your skateboarding, and then we respect you. So if you're like, you meet someone and you can tell they've been skating, you can see by their style how they carry themselves, and when they actually show up and do it, you're like, yeah, that's a skateboarder. That transcends all, right. all the all the rest, you know. But what were some of the other reasons you got into skateboarding? What was the uh, the aesthetic of it a part of it, or? Um, I just a kid was really nice to me. I needed a friend and he was just cool and he gave me a board and he could do a kickflip and I didn't even realize you could do stuff like that on oh, a yeah. skateboard. So that like blew my mind. And then uh, <laughs> the fact that he was super nice to me and um, cool is just like, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And, and the fact that I could work on it by myself or with people, it had that aspect to it. So yeah, it, it's a, uh, that's why it's kind of for the riffraffs is because you don't have to follow all the rules and you can still do it, you know? <laughs> like, oh, especially yes, yeah. especially when I was growing up, you didn't have to follow all the rules and you could still, you didn't have to. I tried to get on the basketball team and they just, uh, they didn't, I didn't make the team. Didn't make the cut, oh. bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't play basketball by myself. I needed a team, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw your, my wife said, we need that skateboard because we saw your model. You had a Boston Celtics. Uh, yeah. skateboard uh, that model she saw it she said oh we need that we need that tell him we need it <laughs> oh good luck that that one you'd have to find online um that mm. was from like a decade ago yeah the, that has a parquet floor on the top on the top of it too i love that graphic indeed are you still a fan of the celtics 
Yeah, uh, I I go in and out. I'm kind of fair weather, unfortunately, but um, skateboarding trumps everything. So, but I I keep a peripheral view of what's going on, and my friends are still super into it. So I hear all the stories, and this year was kind of crazy. So <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. My my wife's made me a, a fan, so I, I have no say in the matter. We we watch basketball. That's it. So uh, yeah, that's what I do. Until a year ago, I cut. I, I didn't know if basketball was played with a ball or with a racket, but now I've sort of, you know, got into it. Yeah, I, lo- I loved basketball as a little kid, man. So fun. Just to play, mm. too. And, and as a sport to watch, it's really cool to watch the stories and follow it all. Yeah, but that, and, and we were talking about the X Games and the, because uh, I'm interested in knowing your view on the X Game, whether it, uh, do you think it, did it benefit skateboarding? Oh man, this is the uh, this is the debate that always keeps going, and I have my opinion. Not necessarily the doesn't know doesn't mean I'm right, but uh, I grew up as like a street kid, so I found skateboarding, and uh, like I said, I wanted to avoid all organization and adults and stuff, and just play by myself. Yeah. And uh, so the X Games to me, it was cool to see and all that stuff, but it's also just like not the version of skateboarding that I'm like. This is what I want to do, you know. Um, so as far as helping, I think it helps bring awareness to skating and it, it, it attracts people to skating, a certain type yeah. of person. But it's always like uh, – it's the same with the Olympics. It's like everyone's like, is it going to help or hurt? I'm like, it'll help some and it'll hurt others. It's mm. same, same with the X Games. It's like it'll help people that are into organized sports, you know, because it's a competition and there's rules and all that stuff and the brands mm-hmm. that want the brands that want to cater to that and stuff, it'll help yeah. them out. It'll help all those team riders out that have those types of sponsors that want to see them compete and win and have a point system. And mm-hmm. it, it'll help all those people out because then they have a whole they have a whole system set up so they can have a hierarchy. And uh, but it wouldn't help me because I, I was just like a kid who just needed to skate and like what helped me was like a skate shop. And my friend, yeah. my friend owned a skate shop and he was real nice. And he actually showed a lot of my footage to um, some small brands that sponsored street skaters. And that right. like helped me. And then I was able to travel and meet people and go out West. And like, um, and that was just from like the core of skating. That had nothing to do with like competitions or no big business stuff like that. And it, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a double-edged sword and it's always a bubble, yeah. you know, cause those contests come and go and it's like, you still need the core to be like there. You need video parts, you need skate shops, you need small brands that are like throwing events and hanging out and doing skate jams and filming the videos and having yeah. team riders and all that stuff. And then the contests mm-hmm. come in and they kind of like, um, you know, if you're into that type of skating, it could help you. But I'm just not that type uh, of dude. I'm more of a street and, skater at heart. And as a professional, you, ne- you never entered the X Games or tried to compete in that format? So I tried to enter contests, but again, I just like, that's not how I grew up skating. I grew up skating curbs and using it more of a therapy, like just to escape life. So yeah, uh, I don't do well in that situation, but I always want to. I always like I always want to do well at whatever I try, and and I love yeah. ba- I love basketball too. So hmm. I love the idea of winning a championship, you know. But uh, but my body yeah. it just doesn't work that way. I'm like, no, I work better on my own, like with friends and um, yeah, in our own environment at our own pace and our own time. Like whenever it comes to like time and limits and like rules, I'm like I can't. It's not even can't hold my attention to be honest. That's like. I, I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. But 
So I don't know. I, I think it helps and it hurts. It helps people that are into that. And I have a lot of friends that skate or into competitions yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm glad they have like an avenue, but you know, it's not for me. What about you? Yeah. Have you ever, you ever done any competitions and. Oh no, I was never any good at skating. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was never any good, but um, no, no, no. I never, I never even tried. No, no. But we, well, on the other hand, there, were, there weren't any skate parks. There was no, I mean, uh, I, I could barely grind a curb. There, there weren't any curbs. You know, so I was, I suppose I was reasonably good at flatlands. Uh, but uh, that, that, that's about it, really. Never tried a handrail, never tried to. I think uh, I think there's a tipping point, you know, in skateboarding. Uh, I, I can't explain it. Some skateboarders see, um, you know, interest in trying to ollie those 10 stairs. And I, I looked at, you know, a set of four steps and I said, the risk isn't worth the reward. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't love skateboarding enough to hurt myself. And I don't know what creates that in a skater to want to, to leap those 10 steps or to grind a hand. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Maybe you can explain it to me. <laughs> well... What what that made me think of was like when I was trying to learn to skate bigger handrails. It was mm -hmm. ter terrifying to me. Like against my nature, I was like, I'm gonna yeah. get, I'm gonna get hurt. But I just kept at it and kind of forced the issue, and I did get hurt, you know. But uh, eventually, I got used to it, and I was able to. I grinded some. I skated a lot of big rails because it oh, beca yeah. becomes addicting. You're like, oh, I need that adrenaline ah, rush. Right. I like that challenge. And then when you conquer it, you're like, you feel like a savage. You're like, dude, that was terrifying. And I chipped away at it for an hour until I got the ride yeah. away. And then you just feel like you conquered the world, you know? So that becomes addicting. But that first initial trying to skate something really scary, like something big. Yeah. Especially if you're a smart person, which I fairly am. I'm fairly yeah. intelligent enough to know that I could get hurt, you know? I was like fighting against that. My brain is like, no, don't, don't do this. But my body and my – and then I, when I finally did it, I was like, oh, I, well, that's all I want to do now. <laughs> yeah, because it's not natural behavior at all. I mean most people, you look at a handrail, I'm not going to grind that. Yeah. That's, I'm not even going to – I'm going to walk down it and that's it. You know, I'm going to roll around safely on my skateboard. That's the pleasure I have. Yeah, I mean, and to like, if you have like a lot of uh, aggression, or like I had a lot of aggression and anger as a child, and I needed an, mm -hmm. out, an outlet for it, you know, and that was mm -hmm. kind of the skate and destroy mentality, like thrasher, like fuck it, send it, go big. Like I had a lot mm -hmm. of that because you're just like, it's the angst of the whole world you're putting into to something you're yeah. doing, you know? Yeah, but, that, I, I have a feeling that's more of a, an 80s, 90s approach to it, is it? Yeah, I mean, I was into gangster mm. rap too, which is ah, right. same thing, you know, it's kind of like you just want to break all the rules, smash everything, do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, the, the famous uh, skate and destroy, that was the approach really, yeah, skate and destroy, yeah. Which helped, mm. which which helped me, you know, it hurt me and helped me too, because I have all the injuries too, you know, to go with it, but <laughs> but I also yes. have like a lifetime of memories that I'll never regret, that I'm just like, people bring shit up. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, I did do that. Or, oh, yeah, we went there or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of your footage. Uh, yeah, yeah, dangerous uh, handrail tricks. Yeah, not so much these days. I'm 40 now, and uh, I just was out for like a week with my back hurting. Uh -huh. So <laughs> dude, oh. I was just dealing with back issues. And it's just from like overuse, really, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's unforgiving. Uh, skateboarding is, yeah. So how how like what what age were you when you got your skateboard and how long do you think like you were like skating for the most part? 
Oh, um, so eight, I'm 47. Um, I started, uh, what did I do? Um, it, the, the, it's a bit blurry. Um, so I must have been 13, 14, I think, 13, 14. And a kid showed up at school with, uh, it, w it was a very gradual thing. So I first saw a kid at school with a vision psycho stick, uh, which, uh, yeah, and that just, uh, to, to me, skateboarding was a, a mixture of different things. For some reason, it attracted me. I thought it was just an amazing vehicle to move around. Um, and the, it's all the artwork also, this yes. whole culture that went with it, you know, the graphics. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and so I was really attracted to that, the uh, the fluorescent wheels, the uh, just that, that psycho stick, which my wife was uh, kind enough to buy a reissue for me for um, a year ago. She bought the reissue psycho sticks, and now I'm writing that. Uh, impossible to do anything with, but still, it's a lot of fun. What a legend. And... She, she's a legend for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't thank her enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a, it, it was like a, almost like a childhood fantasy, you know, have the vision psycho stick, and now I have it. Only you know, thirty years in the making, but uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I uh, yeah, thirteen, fourteen, um, and first I think if I remember correctly, I got a Sims skateboard that someone gave to someone else, and it came my way. So now I was the owner of a a Sims. Um, I think it was a Kevin Starb. Um, oh yes. And that, but he was before my era cause I don't remember ever seeing Kevin Stab in the magazine. So, uh, he was just before my era. Um, he's, he's still going dude. Oh yeah. What a legend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He's, uh, he's, oh yeah. He's, I, I see him often on Instagram. Oh yeah. Kevin Stab. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, then, you know, odd trucks, I think I mounted my roller skate wheels on my skateboard and, uh, but my first real skateboard, I actually got brand new was um i didn't know what i was doing but i actually bought myself a double tail at, at that time vision skateboards built a double tail and in my innocence i wasn't thinking switch dance or anything i just thought okay so two tails twice the wear you know i can skate twice as long you know on one skateboard it's brilliant and uh so that's my story yeah and i think i had tracker trucks and um yeah yeah, I remember Tracker. I wonder if they're still being produced. I haven't seen them. Um, I saw the logo recently. I think shops are still selling them, but um, I don't know if they have a pro team or anything. I don't know. And um, I guess, like, uh, what about, did you ever bring your skateboard to school? And and obviously, because uh, my story is a little different than yours, like, you did pretty good in school, huh? <laughs> Um, well, no, not initially. No, 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 not really. No, not initially. Uh, I actually, um, should I, should I be saying this? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually failed two grades. So in Europe, when you, when you fail a grade, you know, you don't, you don't move on to the next grade. They keep you back while you repeat a grade. I don't know if that, if it's, if that, is that done in America? Yeah. Yep, same. So, uh, no, 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 I really wasn't focused on school at all. And, uh, I actually quit uh, I actually went back to college 15 years after uh, graduating, so there was a long gap before, uh, yeah. What made you go back? Oh, um, wow, many reasons. Um, just because I'd never challenged myself uh, with any type of uh, formal education, so um, I hope not to get too deep into this now. <laughs> uh, but um, I... Had never, you know, I barely scraped through graduation. 
Um, and I just concluded that studying wasn't for me. I just went on to work and find jobs and whatnot. And and then it uh, you know stayed at the back of my mind. And then when I was 30, I think 32, 34, around that age, I decided I had an opportunity to go back to college. And uh, I thought, you know, face it, try it. And that's what I did. And yeah. uh, I was terrified. I, I I had no method. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, just the the single the 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 fact of holding a pen and looking at a sheet of paper and you say, where does the title go? Oh, here. Where do I? You know, just structuring. I I just had no method and managed to do it. Yeah, mm. and so let's kind of talk about nowadays and what you're up to as far as like teaching and education. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, so I so I'm a teacher, so I'm a qualified teacher. I can teach in high schools, um, and I teach languages, so English as a foreign language and French. And where it ties into we communicate. Well, firstly, I decided to specialize in online lessons, which is really very similar to what we're doing here. You get all the attention of the teacher. Um, it's lessons last for an hour. Um, I make notes. I correct the students. And how, uh, how many? How many students? Oh, how many students at the moment? Because I transitioned from the UK, so I had to sort of rebuild um, the company. So some of them came with me. So at the moment, I think around fifteen. And how many do you do one-on-one -on -one sessions? You do group groups? No, always one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, always one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, just because students get the full attention of the teacher. Um, yeah, that seems like I, I teach skateboard lessons and I do most one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one because it's you can I feel like you can help them more if it's you know, oh, spread, yeah. spread too thin, you know? Yes, yeah, so I make a big difference between uh, lecturing, which is a lot of what you usually get in schools, and uh, actually teaching, which is more of an exchange. So it's 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 coaching really, it's similar to what you do in uh, in skating. It's more like yeah, coaching. You're doing this wrong. Try this and correcting and follow following the evolution of students and uh, yeah. Yeah, and did you was this something that someone turned you on to, or did you just start this yourself, or? Um, the um, teaching. What? Why I chose teaching? Yeah. Ah. Um. Well, when I approached college, I looked at all the options and I said, well, I'm not a biologist. I'm no good at maths. I'm no, so the list got shorter and shorter. And, <laughs> and, I, and I narrowed it down to, oh, I'm probably good at languages. So I went with languages. And uh, and so after I had that uh, degree in, in languages and literature, it's called, then I, I qualified to be a teacher. I did an extra year to become a teacher. And um, I very soon got into online teaching when it was still relatively new. Uh, so I started doing that in 2016. And, um, and just uh, recently I developed, I finalized the idea of We Communicate because uh, the, the logo at the back is We Communicate, which is my main company. This is to, for, Eng for speakers of English who are learning French. And um, there's a whole platform with videos and um, as well as the face-to-face -face lessons. It's, uh, and recently I decided to do We Communicate, which is an idea I'd had already, um, which has been 
which I, which I'd had it at the back of my mind for for a number of years. Um, the question being, was there a way to combine skateboarding and English lessons? Is there is there, is there something to build on? And ma I made a program, and and it worked. That's and it. so now I yeah, so now I teach uh, English by using skateboarding as a medium. That's so cool, man. That's like. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> that's that's just cool that you had a concept, an idea, and you pulled it off, man. <laughs> you sound yes. like me. I, when I started my skateboard company, it was kind of that too. It was like, didn't know what I was doing, had an idea, and then just give it a go and figure it out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, it's, uh, well, yeah, there's a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. See, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm well aware you do uh, all I need skateboarding and, uh, there's something about um, obviously I worked for other companies. I worked for um, teaching schools, but there's something about uh, wanting to to build your own, to 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 give life to your own vision. And I don't know why. Um, I think I partly create uh, credit skateboarding for that. Yeah, um, being creative, building, and. Um, it's a very DIY frame of mind. Well, at least it was, you know, in the beginning uh, in skateboarding. Um, and so why, I think it's... Why, why, um, why did you want to incorporate skating? Ah, um, the, it's for, for several reasons. There, there, are, there are three main reasons. I actually made a little list. Um, nice. I was skating one day and I thought... Um, that there must be a way to use skateboarding to teach English as a foreign language um, because all the terms are in English. And that's um, one of the first reasons. There's a, there's a whole lexicon, a whole vocabulary that a lot of skaters are already familiar with, such as we mentioned Tracker, we mentioned, I don't know, it might be Eric Coston, it might be a Plan B skateboard. So there's a whole vocabulary of skating that a lot of skaters already know. And what I what I'm doing with We Communicate is I'm going from the um, specific to the general. So why do we, for example, why do we pronounce Eric Coston as we do? Well, there are reasons for that, linguistic reasons why we say Eric Coston. We don't pronounce it any other way. So what I would do in a lesson is show familiar brand names and build upon that and help uh, skaters understand how English functions. Yeah based on what they already know. The second reason is, uh, is that skaters are a passionate group of people. And it's well known that we do well the things we enjoy. So I remember when I was a kid, everything had to be about skateboarding. Uh, you'd go to a museum that had dinosaurs in it. My question would be, yes, but does it have skateboarding in it? You know, everything had to, to be around skateboarding. And so um, if you approach something with an open mind already, you're, you're receptive to the learning, it makes it easier. So that's the second reason. So we're using skateboarding to build from the specific to the general, explain the rules of English pronunciation. And the, the third reason is uh, real life situations. So um, for example, there's, there's a lot of pictures in the lessons. So uh, you're on a jump ramp, you do this. Uh, how, do you, how do you say this in the past tense? How do you say this in the future tense? And little scenarios and uh and it helps to i think um yeah to to uh for for a, for a student to project themselves into a real life situation which they can uh relate to yeah yeah hmm. that's that seems like i i feel like if i was gonna learn 
a language i'm coming to you <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot yeah but you already speak english <laughs> yeah true well you say you only teach english do you teach french too or yeah, I, I, I speak French. Yeah, I'm a native speaker of French and uh, I teach French online. But uh, We Communicate is specifically for people who are learning English as a foreign language. Oh, true. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what I'm doing essentially is just um, I'm, I'm creating shortcuts. I'm, I'm building on what skaters already know, what yep. they're already interested in. I say, well, you know how to pronounce this word well let's build on this to see how it functions in the wider rules of english this is a this is a weird weird jump back that completely makes sense this is a weird <laughs> jump jump back but i thought of it while you're speaking too is um mm -hmm. how do you feel about contests and skateboarding do you think it helps or hurts ah um well i was yeah i was thinking about this before um uh speaking to you today um i what's my opinion i, I no, really. So I skipped the complete, the, the X game um, phenomenon. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not an insider to the industry, so I don't know how it's perceived by the insiders of the industry. So I don't know what the, uh, the locker room talk is uh, about the such contests. Uh, I feel that if you're a professional, it's, it's not, you know, black or white question. I think, um, if you're a professional, you welcome the extra money that uh, the big sponsors can bring in, such as Red Bull or to, to name uh, them. I don't know whoever who else uh, sponsors the the contest, but then again, I recently looked up the skater Chris Sen. Remember Chris Sen? He used Such to a ride. legend, adrenaline. Mm, yeah, remember adrenaline oh, skateboard? Oh, of course. Yeah, so yeah, sick. yeah. Hell mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. He used to, uh, I think, ride for Powell, probably Toy Machine, and then uh, Adrenaline. And just recently, I looked up Chris Sen. I said, I wonder what he's up to now, you know, and he's, he's a professional uh, tattooist now. And, uh, but then I discovered that he actually plays super well at the X Games. I had no idea about this. You would never expect that one, huh? <laughs> no. And he did really well. I mean, he at least placed first or among the 10 first, you know, at the first four X Games. And it, what it made me realize that it made no difference to me. Yeah. So it went I, completely under the radar. I, I did not know that Chris Sen skated at the X Games, and it didn't do anything for, for my perception of him as a skater. Yeah. It's weird because when those contests first started coming around, there's a lot of dudes that you wouldn't expect to be contest dudes that got invited and went and tried it and did it, you know? And you know, mm -hmm. I, was, I was asking that question about contests to you because – I started seeing a way that it might help you with your business because I used to skate in the Dew Tours. Do you ever see the Mountain Dew? They did a skateboard competition. They still might still they might still do it. Oh no, I'm not not familiar with it. They are called the Dew Tours, and they would have all these um, stops, and they'd have competitions. And uh, I got mm -hmm. invited when I rode for World Industries. They invited uh -huh. me. They invited me, and I'm not a contest skater, but I needed to make a living, and they would invite like 12 skaters and they would pay all the skaters, even if you got last. So even if I got last, I was making like 1500 bucks or something just for showing up. And like someone paid my expenses to go. And the crazy thing about it was they had all these competitions in all the basketball courts across the country. So I skated, uh, I skated in the Boston garden. That's why that wow. came to be was they set uh, up a do tour in the Boston garden, uh, Salt Lake city, Portland, whole bunch of stadiums we got a skateboard in them and do those competitions and um 
uh, what I remember was there was always tons of Brazilians that would come and they would do all these contest series and they'd make a bunch of money and then they'd go back home and they'd have a bunch of money from skateboarding and they'd be able to build a life in their own country, you know? And, uh, of course. But that made me think, I'm like, yeah, maybe some of them would, uh, probably reach out to you because they never, none of them really spoke proper English, you know? So like to have someone like you to be oh, like, yes. they can make a living and learn the language and it would only help all of it work. Yes. Know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's something that's crossed my mind, actually, uh, contacting the skate companies who might have, um, you know, non-native speakers of English. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's crossed my mind. Exactly. There, seem, there seems like there's like a lot of Chinese and Asian skaters too nowadays that are like really, really big into skateboarding. And I think a lot of it's because of the contests and stuff. So like there seems to be oh. an influx of like all these kids. And mm. so, so that's another way to like, maybe they need to learn English as well, you know, cause they, all, yes. they're coming to compete in the Tampa contests and all the um, street leagues and stuff like that. Ah, yes. Yeah. 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 I hadn't thought of that actually. Yeah. Yeah. The, the contest is not, after, yeah, contests are not something I – I was thinking about contests. You know, it's, it's a really complex question, isn't it, in skateboarding? Because we're talking about basketball. Like, if you take away the competitive aspect of basketball, there's no more game. The, the, the whole point is to win. You can't play basketball based on style, right? We know that. But you can <laughs> skate based on style, right? Yeah. But then part of me thinks that the reason we have these contests, um, the, the big televised contests, is – probably in, in, in some measure for the general audience, the non-skating audience, because if you don't, correct me if I'm mistaken, but if you don't structure it, if you don't have a number one, two, three on the podium, it's unwatchable. The, the general public wouldn't understand the structure. Like, where are we going with this thing? And I, is, is it fair to say that part of the existence of the big contests is, well, for <laughs> in, a, in a strange way, not directly for skateboarding? Because... I don't put much stock into whether 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 it's tamper or something else, but whether someone can stay on their board and do their ten tricks on the stopwatch. Um, you know, is it is it more for the general public or does it really benefit skateboarding from the inside? I I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way I've always looked at those big contests is that it's usually a lot of corporate sponsors and those people don't skate, but they just kind of buy their way in through the contest because then they can make it packaged like skateboarding's chaos and creative and it can be all these other things but it's hard to market that and make a lot of money yeah. off of it unless you're like really oh, yeah. unless you're like ed templeton who loves skating and has put out they put out tons of videos with toy machine or zero or like but for like someone who doesn't skate to like capitalize off it and build something like they go with the contest route because you just have rules you get a bunch of skaters to run the contest and then you have all these yeah. corporate sponsors so it just depends on the angle that you're going into it you know like i said a lot of Brazilians, when I was coming up, they would probably love contests because those corporate sponsors pay well, and then they go back to their country and they could open up a skate shop or start their skate brand with their checks, you know. But, but I think a lot of those corporate ones are just like business plans from people that don't skate, you know. Really, like, and I think that's where the resistance is in skating. I mean, yeah. it's it's changed a little bit with street league because like Rob Deerdick kind of like it oh. actually it all stemmed from Tampa, which is crazy because Tampa skate park at tampa in florida 
was the most respected contest and it was because yeah. it was chaotic and it was because they got got the whole industry in in fucking Tampa, Florida, which is weird. Yeah. It's a random place, but Yeah. But Tampa <laughs> let the Olympics in because they started growing and growing and they saw all these people were into skating and they just uh there's uh they started like bringing in the Olympics basically kind of like they built a point system off of the damn ams and stuff which was associated with skate park at Tampa cuz uh Brian and I believe it's uh who's the other Ryan Clements. Ryan did the damn ams, I believe they were, and then uh-huh. they built the whole point system, which is how they pick the people that are in the Olympics. So they have all these competitions and there's points and a rating. You enter all these competitions and if you do well in them all, then you have a global score and then that dictates who gets into the Olympics, you know? But growing up, contests were always just ruled by the sponsors. Literally, you're like, oh, there's 10 Nike riders in here and a Nike rider is going to win. You could predict that before you even, even saw any skating. <laughs> you could be like, yeah. yeah, they pretty much bought the contest and that's, and it was all kind of like some skaters would be like, let's not talk about it. Cause this contest has helped me and other skaters are like, fuck this. Cause I'm trying to compete in it. It's kind of rigged on some level, you know, it's like a tough, it's a tough situation, especially in skateboarding In other sports, they go through school, the structure all the way through with skating. It's like, there's none of that. It's starting to get yeah. more structured in school. There's more like lessons and school stuff with skating. Oh, with skating. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I've like, seen so many. Yeah. California like was doing that years ago. They'd have a lot of school classes for mm. skating and stuff like that. I don't really know how I feel about it. Cause I just know like skating helped me personally in life, just uh, with my own issues and stuff. And it's brought so much joy in my life that it's yeah. hard, for, for, hard for me to critique anyone who wants to do it, even if they're a complete jock and they're only in it to win a, <laughs> win a fucking trophy, you know, like, it's like, Oh, that's their version. How, who am I to argue it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's hard to, to, to play the, the integrity card when you're, you know, whether all, all this money's coming in and it's your profession, your yeah. professional skateboarder, if the, if the price to pay is to pay, is to, to go to the Olympics or enter a contest that you're not particularly into, but it, it's hard to turn away that money. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, whenever I was sponsored, I realized Cause I'm like, also, that's why I started the skateboard business too. Like all I need yes. is like, that was kind of like a weird thing for me because it's like, it's weird to think like you got to kind of sell skateboarding, you know, and package it up and you got to be like on time and you got to have a system and a structure. Like, but I realized that like, as you get older, it's like, I love skateboarding. I want it to be in my life. I can't always be the pro anymore. So I need to like adapt and grow and find another role, you know? So yeah. Instead of like having to compete and do all win all those contests to get all the recognition in the world and yeah. maybe be the next Tony Hawk if I'm lucky. There's only one Tony Hawk or one Nyjah each generation or one yeah, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Sheckler. I was like, I'll just like create a skateboard brand and I'll teach skateboard lessons and I'll figure out how to press the graphics onto the boards and I'll start a skateboard team and we'll make skateboard yeah. videos and we'll do the skate jams and contests in our local area and just build it up and try to help people around us and find all these people that love skateboarding like I do, these people that are lifers and try to create cool stuff and make a business out of that. That And 
that was what I always loved about skating. When you brought up art earlier, it's like, yeah, art was like one of the huge things that turned me on to the business side of skating. Cause it was like seeing someone's uh, pro rider was like, Oh, I want this art. And they created the art with an artist and this is their pro model. And like that side of it got me into like the, the business side of things a little bit. It's oh, so yes. cool, man. Yeah, I think skateboarding comes with a very DIY ethic, uh, do it yourself, uh, especially. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of um, actually, um, I was thinking what, 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 what you're speaking, I was thinking about the artistic dimension of skating. And uh, I'm torn between, you know, how there are there's so many more skate parks these days. Um, the, the act of skateboarding could be seen as a an art form also so we talked about the the, the graphics but just the, the the fact of giving a second function to an everyday object is very artistic like where, where people totally. right where people see three steps uh, a, a skateboarder sees a challenge or a curb or you know you reinterpret the, the city you live in and I wonder if there's a risk of with with all the um if, if you fast forward like 20, 30 years, is there a risk of with the multiplication of skate parks that this unique, the, the street skater aspect of skateboarding might erode or, you know, gradually die down to the point where you might get a generation of skaters who only ever known skateboarding within a skate park? So is it, is it possible? Uh, I'm going to say no, because I... I'm fighting that front on some levels because to uh -huh. me, to me, I like knew right away. I was like a kid who grew up and I'm like, I'm not a contest skater. I don't follow the rules. Like I, I like to just go street skate. Once I figured out about filming video parts, that became a whole life. So the majority of my pro right. career, my pro career, I made money off of filming video parts, um, pushing the boundaries and just go traveling the world and filming team videos together and that's how mm -hmm. we were able to market and promote the art and the brand and all the products was through our team videos and stuff. So, <clears throat> um, that was half of my, half my reason I started the brand too, was kind of like right. a testament. It was kind of like a, cause I got, it got a little weird in skateboarding where all these shoe companies came in and they started dictating and that whole Tampa situation and the whole street league. And they start, they have so much money marketing dollars that they can uh -huh. just flood the market. And I'm like, you know what? Like no one owns skateboarding. I don't care if like Nike's, I actually had kind of a grievance with the Nyjah thing too. Cause people are always like, they get mad at you. If you're like, I don't really like Nyjah. They get mad at you. Not personally, but like, I don't like his skating, you know? And I, and I have people that get mad at me about that. And I'm like, I don't care. Like there's a bunch of bandwagon people that are like, you know, they all like Nike, 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 like sneakerhead people that are like the hot brand is this and this, and then you have to like it. And if you don't like it, you're just hater. And it's like, no, there's just like, that's my version of hell. Like I wouldn't want to be a competition skater. I wouldn't want, even if I had 20 monster girls hanging out and all the <laughs> fancy cars and big mansions and stuff, it's like, no, I like getting dirty and street skating and traveling the world and like with my friends and like slumming it sometimes. Like I just, Nigel's life is like, I'm really happy he exists and all that. And I'm glad that he's that dude. But like, for me, uh. that's not, that's like too much pressure and too weird for me, you know? But there was a point in the industry where it was like, well, if I don't like push out what I think is awesome in skating, these guys are just going to buy it up because they're buying up all the pros. They're buying up all these crazy and talented skaters. Yeah. And it's like, as a pro, it's like, you're going to turn down a Nike check. They're like, yeah, we'll pay you this bunch of money and you get to live your dream. It's like, can't blame them, you know? So exactly. it's like, 
how do you kind of fight that is you create your own yeah. culture and you help people, the, the people around you and you build it up in your local area. That's a good thing with the internet is like everyone has a microphone and, and a video camera. And if, yes. you know how, if you know how to use it, it's a powerful tool. So like, that's what I started doing. I started the podcast. I start, so we could talk about skating and share the stories. So, so it's not just ESPN. It's not just fucking whatever magazine is bought up by whoever or whatever. It's different expressions of voices and different opinions and stuff like that. And then I started a vlog with my YouTube channel, like a decade ago, where it's just like, I go around and I film tons of kids and people and friends. And we've had multiple teams and we travel and we just live the fucking life and we film it and it's uh it's uh it's unbelievable to me like i it's one of my favorite things i do and um but it was just kind of a like yeah i don't like the only way we combat that that scenario where we all end up in street league or Mm. some fucking perverse world (laughs) that i hate where it's like no longer art but it's toyota championships (laughs) where nige's in his shorts his like spandex shorts and he's this king nige and we all bow to him the way you fight that is you just you build your version of it you know and that i always tell people to do that i'm like look man if you have a vision or you think this part is skating special and then then build it and share it and get people involved and you guys can do cool stuff together and like that's what all i need is is a testament of just like friends who come together to create art and videos and talk and and uh we've been doing it for over a decade and it's been yeah it's been unbelievable it's like oh yeah yeah it's awesome yeah 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 i've been on your web yeah you started a long time ago yeah, so the, the only way to do it is just like someone has to take on the responsibility and like I I decided like all right man I'm not going to be able to be the sick pro anymore but I can still like help kids get into skating I can still build platforms mm-hmm. where I can share other people's skating I can turn my friends pro and we can create art I can build a brand so I can do this so you just take on those roles so the dream can happen you know and mm-hmm. so but yeah, because yeah, that was a real concern, man. I was like, I'm like, Jesus, we are going to all end up in a big contest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a but I, I, I don't know if the insiders to the sport even watch it. I mean, obviously, kids go to the contest, whether it's the Olympics or not. I think there's a contest in Rome at the moment. Uh, which is probably one of the uh, those uh, elimination contests uh, you, you mentioned uh, to go to the Olympics. Uh, people show up and watch the contest. But um I don't know how uh, people feel about that. Uh, I've uh, the, the only contest I think I ever cared about was the was the uh, that's a very old one. It's the Back to the City in San Francisco because it was uh, created by skaters. It's a very old one, but uh, Radlands, the one in uh, oh yeah in England, remember that? Way sick, man. Yeah. So mm. I'm not really I I enjoy contests, but as like mm. I enjoy it as if I'm watching a basketball. Like I like basketball. All right. And I look at contest skating like that. Like I'm just kind of yeah. like, uh, it's more like a sport than actually what I like in skating. So, mm-hmm. and now that I'm not like a pro skater, like I still skate and I still try to film tricks and stuff, but my job now is more like focused around building up the next generation of kids and people and yeah. friends. So I don't, it doesn't, the contest stuff doesn't really bother me anymore. It's kind of like a fad too. Like they're building it in yearly. So there's like schedules of contests, but even the Olympics is only every four years. We still need to have an industry of people like making skating seem cool and fun and epic. Like, so to me, the real industry is all the skateboard shops out there all the small skate brands, all the crews filming the team videos together and creating the actual culture and the hype and the love and 
just all that and the artists, all the artists that, that are involved in creating graphics. Oh, and stuff. yes. Like all that to me is the heartbeat of it. And then contest is kind of like a secondary yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, because I'm fairly sure that these big contests um, sponsored by non, non-skating non companies also benefit the skating indirectly uh, by just by giving it exposure and maybe even your own company benefits from it. And uh... Yeah, I'm sure there's some synergy there for sure, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it's a tough road if you rely on just playing that game. Like I've seen mm-hmm. there's so many good skaters that just like, they weren't good enough to cut the contest circuit and you didn't see him anymore. <laughs> he could, couldn't get a sponsor, you know? Like, oh, really? Uh, yeah. There was, there's been stuff like that at times where you're just like, all right, they, we need the guy who's going to wear the logos on this contest. And then they cut like the street skaters and stuff. There's been stuff oh, like wow. that in the past, you know, but I honestly believe oh, yeah. now, like, like we, like I said, we have cameras and microphones and you can create yeah. anything. So Cause I, I, that's what I've been doing it for a long time now. It's just like when I moved back home and I just like got a job and I took my savings and I put it into all I need, which was skateboarding and started the brand and then continued to do the fun stuff that I always wanted to do. And like, I've watched it grow, you know, not without a lot of hard work and faith and like, you got to sacrifice at times. Sometimes you got to work. Sometimes it's going better than it isn't, you know, but like, yeah. And I feel like nowadays it's more attainable to like build your version of skating and, and make it a business and have fun oh, and with your friends. and. Yeah, of course. Of course. And uh, yeah. And I'm curious to know, do you distribute world industries or is it the opposite or. <laughs> so, so what happened was uh, when the recession happened, uh, I lost my sponsor, which was world industries. They were paying me right. to, to live my dream be a pro skater. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, that's when I took my savings and I put it into starting all I need. And then uh, years later, my uh, friend, RP Bess, who was working at World, he was leaving the brand and he is the brand manager. And he just said, you know, you should, um, you should get Shetler to, you know, uh, see if he wants a job. So they reached back out to me after, after they had to let me go. And I was like, well, I already started my own brand and I'm going this direction if you guys want to go. So they're like, yeah, so technically brand manager and then um, building the team. I built the team up and I work on yeah. creating all the new graphics you see is wow. through, through all I need distribution. So yeah, it's all I need, World Industries. And we just actually thought started a third brand uh, called Spare, Spare Skateboards, which is okay. remote, which is based around my friend Nick Barth, his his artwork. Because I've known Nick since he was a little kid, and uh, he's always had that spark for art. And like, mm. I don't, it just lined up. I was like, this is perfect, you know. So yeah, are you, yeah. Are you trying to push something very local, like local to Massachusetts, or is it is is there a like geographical, I don't know, space you're trying to push in skating or? So we, it's crazy because with all I need, it started in Massachusetts and then we just go all over New England skating and filming videos. So then it spread through New England and then we started doing trips down to Florida because uh, mm. we got invited to Surf Expo, which is a big trade show. And they, right. they hired us for like eight years to um, throw a skate jam in their trade show. So we just started driving down and flying down to uh, Surf Expo, Florida. So then all I need started going down to Florida and and then North Carolina and all those states, Virginia started picking up our boards. And uh, 
and then Florida. And then I, Timmy's rides for us, Timmy Knuth, and he's from Florida. So it spread all over New England, then down to Florida. And then, uh, and then world came in and that helped all of us get accounts out West too. So it started drifting across the country. It kind of went the opposite. It kind of went like New England, Florida started trickling out to the Midwest and then it jumped jumped to, um, California because of world industries. And now it's kind of trickling back towards us from the West coast, (laughs) which is, which is crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's just uh it's been moving slowly because we just go slow and steady and just keep going you know try not to yeah. cut, cut corners and try to get better as we go and yeah it must be really gratifying to uh start have your vision to start your company and see it to uh, see it grow yeah man yeah totally it's a dream come true man and it's it's wow. so cool it's so cool with the with your business and getting skating i i was wondering if like do you ever worry that there's not enough skaters to like sustain it <laughs> like that need to learn uh, english <laughs> i looked at the uh the business projections for the skateboarding industry yeah. <laughs> no um <laughs> but uh no that always be you know the thing with english it's uh, like french and english are two different markets french is more of a luxury market it's more of a hobby like there, there are a lot less people who actually need french english is a necessity yeah, uh, you learn you learn it in school. You learn it all over the world. It's like it's the international language. So um, it's it's more of a necessity. People all, will always need to learn English and, until it's replaced by something else. Um, I don't know, but uh, fr- French and English, yeah, two, two different things. So I don't. No, I don't worry. And there's uh, no, there's enough of a, <laughs> there's enough of like because um, the class is structured around skateboarding, right? So it's like oh yes, there's enough there's enough interest that you can just do just the skate class or are you doing other mm. classes as well and oh I, I, the thing is yeah i do i do multiple things the the um the main um my main uh business is we communicate uh without the skate in it so we communicate is uh, strictly french lessons and then uh what i do with we communicate is i i teach french specifically for um le- t- uh, speakers of english i'm sorry speakers of english um then i have another uh, teaching business called day one english the website is down at the moment but that's teaching english to speakers of french right. and then i do proofreading also and then i just uh started uh we communicate yeah and awesome. um hmm, yeah i'm happy with it yeah 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 i do well it's so cool um Maybe uh, for people out there that might be interested, man, um, or know someone who might be interested, can you just like kind of plug how they can get in touch with you? Uh, we communicate, we communicate, sorry, dot com. It's uh, all the information is at we communicate dot com. Nice. And it's O U I such as we, yes, in French. Yeah. I, I actually took French. Uh, Did you? For, for a year or two. And uh, people just gave me shit because they're like, you should have took Spanish because we're so close, you know. I'm like, ah, I just thought it was cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in in, uh, in America, yeah, it's either it's either Spanish or French, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I'm surprised at how much French I actually see in supermarkets on product names and everything. Uh, there's a lot of French in the states. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I see it in on products all the time. So, uh, hmm. How long have you been in Connecticut now? Wow, almost uh, two years. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still very new. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you what town is where, or you know, yeah. I'm still very new. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, if you ever, <laughs> if you ever come down to Massachusetts, we have um, 
an epic skate park. It's like 30,000 square foot indoor skate park. So in the winters, when you're like feeling like you're stuck in snow and stuff, just, uh, make a road trip down my way, man. It's, uh, it's like three skate parks in one and it's indoors foam pit. So fun, man. You'll meet so many people from all over new England, man. And beyond. Um, Wow. What's it called? Skater's Edge, or actually, I'm sorry, it's the Edge Indoor Skate Park. The Edge All right. Indoor Skate Park. Yeah, okay. I I used to work there and teach less. I still teach lessons there once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Great family that owns it. I bought my first house. Me and my lady bought my first house from the people that own that skate park. Right. Um, it's just an amazing place, man. If you want to meet a bunch of cool skateboarders and uh, any, yeah, because. Any day during the winter, like you go, you're gonna it's gonna be jam packed. So and it, but it's yeah, the winters are rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> luckily, it's huge, so you can always find like a corner to work on your own stuff. And yeah, tic tacs. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hall. There's like a lot of hallways. So the bed. My favorite thing about the skate park is you can go in, make a left, skate down the hallway, go all the way down to the back, over the A frame, kick turn, come all the way back. You can literally mm-hmm. just skate around in a big circle before mm. you even pop an ollie, which is amazing. All right. Yeah. Wow. So, you see, that's that's another thing we didn't have that when I started skating. It's, it's you know, my my mum my mum keeps saying you were before your time. You know, because you started skateboarding back then. There, there was no there was no industry. There was no structure. There was no interest. There was no. Uh, now you now you have skateboard lessons in schools. You know, in high school. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Man. You, you didn't have all of that, and there's the uh, things like the uh, I think Rob Deerdeck actually were helped to build many many skate parks and uh tony hawk foundation things like that yeah there's good there's good that comes with kind of letting the devil in too you know (laughs) well yeah taking that money like taking the corporate money because that was kind of my thing the whole time was uh i rode for zoo york for a while and people gave me shit because zoo york was owned by mark echo which was uh uh, Echo, the clothing brand, and it was sold in Macy's and all these corporate stores. Right. So I would always get shit, but it was like, hey, they're going to pay me to like street skate and film and like all the things yeah. I love. And then I took the money and put it into like core skating. So it's like sometimes you got to you gotta do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, but then again, I, I don't know how much, how, how much time we have left or if we're um, still talking or do, do we have a, a time I got, limit? I got another like 10 minutes. I just have another oh. – I have another uh, – uh, conversation I got to have after this one, but right, like okay. Minutes. Uh, okay, I and see, we yeah. definitely, we definitely got to do this again because you're fun to talk to, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I was really nervous before talking to you, but I've never done this before, so uh, thanks a uh, lot for having me, dude. You're a natural. You're doing great. I don't know if I've uh, sold the idea properly. Um, I, I should um, add to educators and parents and skaters watching that it's more than just. Um, showing up and saying how's your skating day been uh, it's not just a random conversation there is actually a structured program uh, over over the course of 10 hours with 20 lessons in which we cover all the essential skills of english and that's we can skate i had to say that that's awesome yeah. and yeah speaking speaking of the, the the devil but then then again um well not in as in the expression but as in <laughs> letting the devil into the to the industry you know non 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 skate um uh, companies. I also feel that, um, and you know, correct me again, because I'm not as much. Um, I, I'm not an insider to the industry, but I. W- w- once you look at it, because we're talking about the graphics and everything, but once you look closely at 
the industry, in a sense, it's all a bit of an illusion. Is that fair to say? Because between the uh, the shiny board that you buy with the graphics, well, if you look at who presses the boards, I'm hearing now that there's a company, I forget what the name is. Is it uh, EHX2 or 2HEX that yeah. presses a lot of boards in China? And there's nothing wrong or, or, or not with it, but I have a feeling that uh, you have, you know, a, a number of skateboard pressers, such as uh, Paul Schmidt sticks and whatnot. And uh, but I feel that in a sense, the the, the people who own the, the skateboard pressers don't probably necessarily skate either. So isn't it? I, I was also I'll, I'll add to this. I was reading a piece by uh, I think Dave Carney. Remember Dave, Dave Carney? Yep, this week right for, for Big Brother. Yeah, and he said something. He said something quite cheeky—a British expression. Uh, quite cheeky to apparently uh, uh, the owner of DC Shoes, uh, whose name I believe was Ken Block, and R uh, R and I think he said something to the effect of, "How does it feel to be one of the most important people in skating if you don't, without being a skater?" Is that does that ring any bell? Yeah, 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 totally. R.I.P. to Ken Block too, man. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, I think I think the business side of skating is totally where you have to, you can't be so core because no skaters want to do accounting, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you need an no. accountant, or you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard because it takes a whole village of people to get it done. You know, it's just oh, yes. it's just a. My beef is just when someone comes in and tries to buy their way in and then control the yes. whole industry. If you're gonna work with like one of our best selling decks is um crush it like quint deck it's a narragansett beer and that was actually through the podcast i had a podcast and i knew that um one of the owners jim crooks was he bought it up with his friends and they were bringing it back to new um rhode island they're bringing the brewery back so i'll reach uh -huh. out to them and i talked to him with the podcast and stuff and from that became a friendship and then we created some graphics for them and then we did the crush it like quint deck and that's been our best seller which has helped us wow. go on trips and helped us yes. create videos and art and turn people pro and they're not uh -huh. they're not skateboarders you know it's no. just like but they were they saw my vision and they saw what we were doing and they wanted to help and be a part of it and it was like it worked well you know so in business yeah. you got it you can't be so core you know you can't be no of course you got to be a little more flexible so of course of course but i yeah, i am protect yeah, yeah. i am protective of like my version of skating i still have that mm -hmm. i still you know i let other people live but i really like I love video parts and I would hate for that mm. to die. And with all the phones and the instant gratification of just posting a clip each day and never having to go out into the streets and like people will just cheer you on even just because, you know, it's like a video part is something you work really hard on. You put your blood, sweat and tears into it for like a year or two. And, and then if you do that with friends, you make a video together and it's the best of the best stuff you could gather. And it's just like so rewarding. So if that ever died, I would be so, I would be, skating would be rough you know and that's kind of been under attack it feels but i think really? people love video parts i still think people like film, filming video parts i don't think it'll ever go anywhere we'll definitely still no. be doing it we're working on a full-length video right now wow i've been trying to figure out how to do it where we can do it all like the vlogs are a lot of like traveling antics like fun like a lot of skate park stuff there's bangers in there and stuff but i still been saving like stuff for video parts so it's like 
if you're watching the YouTube channel, you're seeing like a lot of our sessions, but there's some of the bangers I'm hanging on to. So you'll be like, if you watch that and then you see the full length, you're like, oh, dude, I saw him do that and that and that in the vlog, but I didn't know he did that, you know? So it's it adds layers to it if you can do it all. Is, um, is, is, is there a like a preferred time to release a video? Is it like the music industry or are there seasons to this or... Yeah, well, it's, well, if you're gonna do, if you're doing it for business, you want to get, you want to have most boards are sold in the summer out here, you know. So Ireland, spring and yeah. summer. So, but we film till it gets cold here, and then go on some trips during the winter, and then we start kind of figuring out when we're gonna release it for the spring and summer. Wow. Yeah. No, I so. can't, can't imagine what it's like to film a video part. <laughs> it must hurt. It, it's a battle, but it's unbelievable. It's the best thing ever, man. It's, it's, it's probably only comparable to like making an album, but even more physical, I feel. Unless you're a rock and roll yeah. dude. You're like doing crazy shit, but it's the best feeling, man. Because when you get like a minute of footage and it's like hours of your life and you start to see, you're like, oh, I kind of have like a little bit of a part. And then you start being like, okay, now I need this. I need a line here. Or whenever you're going, you're building on something. Every time you're going to a new city or street, you're like, oh, we can kind of like, you just build on that part and it just it at the end of it you're like that was like a chunk of my life it's the best thing video parts and team videos are the best thing in skateboarding hands down yeah and and it's still what we judge the skater by it, it's still like that business card so to speak yeah they it seems like people don't want like people don't want to do that they want to just build a following and which they can do through online and stuff but uh -huh. For someone like me, it's like you got to have street skating. I sponsor people and, and I tell them, I'm like, look, man, stop tagging me in so many skate park clips. Like I like it. I think it's sick. Like, But that's just for you and your Instagram. Like I want you to be out skating street because that's what's going to help me move boards because that separates you from every other skate park skater. Everybody skates a skate park. If you go out and do the work and get out in the streets and like have your own style and find your own spots and – curate a whole video part you're gonna stand out you, you can do both you should do both you should go have those fun yeah. sessions film those fun sessions at the skate parks and all that stuff but also be working on a video part otherwise it's it's a term it's like the park billy you know there's like a everyone the skate park hero <laughs> tony hawk's doing a big contest promoting skate park heroes right now which is cool which is cool but i think street skating is like paramount and that's my version that i love so but yeah. also skate parks are just fucking controlled environments again, which is like competition. It's like they're meant to be skated on. Everything's perfect. You go on the streets, man. It's such more of a challenge. There's crack. There's people coming in and out of your way. You got to have patience. Oh, yeah. You got to control your emotions. You got to have timing. You got to know when to go to that spot. You got to know how to talk to the security guard. You got to <laughs> like, there's so much, it's such a different beast, you know? So I don't think it'll go anywhere. I, I think that's like a lot of people love it. So. Yeah, plus many people don't have access to skate parks either. So true, man. And that's the blessing right there. Because like if I mm -hmm. I, I would have never gotten into skating if it wasn't for street skating. Because like I was just like you, I, except you didn't have the curb. I actually had a curb. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just we, we just had a flat surface. We were grateful for that. Yeah, hell yeah. That's all we had. <laughs> um, hell yeah, Chris. Uh, thanks again for doing this, man, and for uh, thanks connect a lot. connecting with me. Um, I feel like I made a friend, bud. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot. It's, it's been a real pleasure. I've never done this before, but thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And um, like I said, if you're in Massachusetts at all, man, if you come down, let me know because uh, I'll get free and I can show you some skate parks or whatever. We can just roll around and have some fun, skate through the city. 
whatever, man. Thanks a lot. It's not too far away. Yeah, I actually, I actually go to Connecticut a lot, man. Uh, I got some team riders out that way, so maybe I'll end up in your your hood too. Ah, yeah, because there's a be- yeah beautiful little skate park here close by, in in a place called Tungsis Mead. It's uh, it's a park, well, an actual park with uh, you know football fields and uh, so yeah. I hope you do. Yeah, definitely tell me. What I will. It, well, you have yeah. I sponsor this kid who's I believe he's ten now, Elijah. He's a beast. You'll probably meet him if we meet up. So. All right. Yeah. I'd be curious to see that. Hell yeah, Chris. 